0: Oak City Move is a podcast on 88.1 WKNC, highlighting people creating positive change in the triangle and beyond. Oak City Move can be heard on air every Monday on 88.1 WKNC or online at wknc.org listen. For episodes and more information, go to our blog at blog.wknc.org or follow us on SoundCloud at WKNC 881. 88.1 WKNC. That song you just heard was called Silver Tongue by Young the Giant. Uh, my name is Sarah and you're listening to Oak City Move, a weekly program here on WKNC. Um, and like I said earlier, today we have with us Mia Cannell. She's the founder of Pack Bleeds Red. We Bleed Red. We Bleed Red. Sorry, uh, it was a bit, the use, okay. name change. But um, hi, Mia. Hey, how are you? <laughs> Good. So tell us a little bit more about yourself and kind of the, the movement that you started.
1: Sure, absolutely. So, I am a senior here at NC State, and you're not too far off. We did start under the name Pack Bleeds Red, but Mm -hmm. we were kind of asked to change the name because of it being so close to Wolfpack here at NC State. So we changed it to We Bleed Red. We thought it was pretty relatable, Um, and it's all about um, access to menstrual care, and so that's kind of where that Bleeds Red component comes in. (laughs) We're all doing it, Um, and so we focus on access to menstrual care specifically here on NC State's Mm -hmm. campus. Last year, we worked a lot to um, get free menstrual products in Tally Student Union. And this year, we've kind of shifted that to be more focusing on sustainable menstrual care access.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. And so I guess, what did that process kind of look like for you guys? Because obviously, you know, it's one thing to be like, oh, in theory, this is, seems pretty simple, you know, just put, yeah, you know, a couple Absolutely. of tampons in the bathroom. Yeah. But I mean, <laughs> it's not like from based on what I've heard, like, as you've gone that through the easy, process, a sure. lot harder than yeah. that.
1: Yeah. Um, so it started with a graduate student, Jasmine Park. Um, mm-hmm. She, three years back, advocated for it to be in the student government budget to have that money accessible for us to start this initiative. Then we started looking into research of other universities that have similar programs, um, specifically UNC Chapel Hill have it, has it in their student union. And we kind of modeled their numbers Um, to understand kind of what would be needed in our student union and to kind of understand it would cost approximately $2,000 a year Mm -hmm. to have that going in our student union. We are a little bit bigger than UNC Chapel Hill, obviously. A little bit bigger student population, bigger student union, Um, so we had to inflate the numbers a little bit, but it's $2,000 for the university to provide that service. Um, We looked at other spaces on campus that kind of needed it as well. Um, Obviously, University Recreation is doing that big remodel, And then the libraries are another big student hub. Um, We focused on Tally Student Union because we felt it had the highest traffic on campus Mm -hmm. and we were working on spreading from there. We do think it's eventually going to spread from there. It's catching on, but there are some, you know, barriers for the university at times. So that's why we kind of shifted to this uh, menstrual cup project.
0: Got you. So tell me a little bit more about that. Yeah. So
1: like we mentioned, there's some barriers for the university to purchase menstrual products, um, but students are still struggling to access them. So on main campus, there's one location to purchase products, and that's the Bergassi Store. And on Centennial, you can purchase them in the little bookstore on the Oval, but that bookstore is only open 9 to 5 Monday through Friday, mm-hmm. so still very limited access. And then the prices are really inflated. Yeah. It's a pretty common problem <laughs> for menstrual products, mm-hmm. um, but it stinks when your students are living on campus, and that's the only locations they can purchase them at, oh. especially on Centennial I feel like it's so advanced, but then it's so behind
0: in some. Yeah, and plus, too, like, for those who, like, aren't as familiar with Centennial Campos, it's kind of, like, more far removed from, like, Hillsborough Street and stuff like that because, like, students usually, um, I feel like for, like, grocery shopping, typically with, like, that live, like, on, like, main campus or if they're on north campus can, like, go to have other options in terms of Hillsborough Street, Cameron Village, but if you're on Centennial campus and you want to go buy things that are off campus, you have to take either a bus or a car. car.
1: For sure. And then even on main campus, so you could go to Target or CVS. Mm-hmm. Those are kind of the most accessible. Still pretty heavily inflated because oh, they know sure. that students only options. So we're kind of thinking of what would be a good middle ground for students to be able to still access these products, but it be affordable and for them to be able to access them consistently. And um, we're thinking about the menstrual cup, so mm-hmm. a lot of people know it by Diva Cup, and it is a sil- med- medical grade silicone cup that sits in your cervix and collects um, your menstruation. And it's really nice because it's a one-time purchase. It's reusable, and you can wear it up to 12 hours, which is significantly longer than a tampon, mm-hmm. um, especially for a student. You know, you don't have to yeah. run back to your dorm to change your tampon or pad, or you know, do it in a you know, university bathroom, which sometimes isn't always the most appealing. So menstrual cups seemed like a really good solution. But then we found a lot of students weren't already using a menstrual cup. Mm -hmm. Um, And the reality is because a lot of us were kind of raised on tampons and pads. I put raised in quotations. I realize no one could see that. (laughs) (laughs) But... um, raised on tampons and pads and learning how to use a menstrual cup is a little bit of a different process. Um, so you do have to put it in a little different, take it out a little differently and get used to it. Mm -hmm. Um, I used the analogy that it's like driving automatic versus stick. Yeah. Um, I said that to a group of guys, I was like (laughs) for you car guys out there. Um, (laughs) but so a lot of students just weren't familiar with how a menstrual cup works. And Mm -hmm. so we wanted to, do kind of a big campaign to get people familiar with the menstrual cup and confident with it, as well as, um, you know, a Diva Cup, if you buy it at Walmart, is $40. So it is kind of a significant purchase, but ideally it's a one-time purchase if you're Mm -hmm. not losing it in between um, menstruation cycles. And so we're doing a big campaign. Um, We're starting with 100 menstrual cups and we are providing them to students, you know, free of cost. And we are going to Um, provide them with kind of some best tips and practices and for four months collect feedback from them of kind of what works for them what didn't Um, especially on a college campus so that we can ideally present that information to the university specifically their planning team so that when they're developing new spaces like university recreation like the college of science building they can take that into consideration so one thing that would make a menstrual cup much easier to use on campus is having a sink directly in the stall there's one bathroom in Caldwell that has it. And when I was in there, I was like, this is perfect. Yeah. But I can't always walk to Caldwell, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so if they can just do little minor, you know, cosmetic changes to the bathrooms that make it more friendly for students to have a sustainable period on campus, it'd be extremely helpful. Um. I said we we're starting with 100 cups. I think we're actually going to expand to two to 300. Mm-hmm. Um, right now, we're requesting funding to get that additional um, money for cups because we do have more than 100 students interested right now. Got
0: you. And so where did the initial funding for the project come from? Um, we did personal fundraising. Personal fundraising. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. So I know in the beginning you kind of mentioned that you guys tried to, like, go through the, S- the student government route. I almost mm-hmm. like, SG people don't know what that yeah. is. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, try to go the student government route and, you know, get funding, like, essentially from the university. Yeah. What were kind of some of the barriers that you guys faced, either, like, from SG or from the university in general, that kind of made it harder for you guys to receive funding yeah. from the institution?
1: Right. So the university has kind of pointed to a bylaw within our funding rules that says, Student activity fee dollars cannot go towards personal items gotcha. um, and specifically personal items that um, a faculty or staff could utilize. Mm-hmm. So those tampons and pads could be taken by, you know, a director in one yeah. of the bathrooms. And so that was not allowed. That was a little bit of a frustrating rule because mm-hmm. I know other schools, when I presented them with that problem, you just say, oh, well, you're buying them for students. But yeah. our university wasn't super willing to kind of, make that stance for us Mm -hmm. as well as even meet with me to have those conversations so kind of once they put the brakes on it it was really hard to move forward from there and that's also when student
0: government stepped out of the picture so we're kind of fully on our own got you and so in terms of you know both the menstrual cup project and when you guys previously had the more commonly associated feminine hygiene products in the Mm -hmm. bathrooms what were kind of some of the responses both from you know students that would be utilizing them and then also like faculty and stuff
1: yeah So primarily it was the first week. It was the best week (laughs) for all of us that were involved. People were leaving us notes. They were contacting us on social media. It was the most that I've ever felt like I've been a part of a community on NC State's campus because people genuinely understand that kind of struggle of not having a tampon or a pad and Mm -hmm. how uncomfortable that really makes you. And it kind of makes you step out of whatever you're going through for that day. You have Mm -hmm. to step out of life, step out of class. And it's really frustrating to experience that. Sure. Once a month, really. Yeah. And so it was the most I've ever felt like a part of a community because everyone was just supporting one another. People were donating their own tampons. They were bringing mm-hmm. boxes of tampons or pads and putting it in our little um, disbursement boxes, which was like the cutest thing. People were like taking a paper yeah. towel from the dispenser and writing a note quickly and leaving it for us. And it was really sweet. And I like save photos of all of them because sometimes when it gets like frustrating, mm-hmm. I like looking at those because people really appreciate this and really come together over something like menstrual health. Um, I kind of forgot the second part of the question. Um
0: yeah, just kind of like so like that was like um kind of the response to oh, yeah. those products. But then with like the D, the, oh, sorry, yeah. the like menstrual cup. Uh, oh yeah.
1: Um yeah. one thing that was with the free menstrual products is some people did not like the bleed red. Um so some yeah. faculty and staff didn't like the bleed red. Mm-hmm. Um they felt it was a little too graphic or gruesome, which most of us kind of just laughed off. I think it's some people are a lot of people love it. It's yeah. the reality. Um, I don't think there's anything to be ashamed about in terms of <laughs> menstruation because when we start shaming people about it, we start thinking there's something wrong with our body and yeah. the reality is like 50% of our campus does this. Um, so that was another little response, but
0: it wasn't too... Yeah, it kind of just like perpetuates that stigma yeah. like regarding menstrual because like I feel like with... You know, funding issues, like that, a lot of that goes back to, okay, like, who is in our student government? Who is, like, who are the people making these decisions yeah. a lot of the time? For sure. It's meant there's a lot of powerful women within, like, our university and our student yeah. bodies, like that. But at the end of the day, you know, if you don't have kind of everyone on the same page about, like, how much this is a necessity. And this, yeah. like, even goes further than campus-wide. I mean, this right. is, like, on a state and national level. Yeah, Um And but,
1: what's yeah. really... What was frustrating for me at times is the people who wouldn't meet with me were women. Yeah. Um, I'll say that the director of University Recreation, Eric Cox, was super willing to mm-hmm. meet with me and explain to me how the budget works and why we couldn't use the money. Yeah. Not a single woman would meet with me. I asked for multiple directors and my advisors to meet, and they just stonewalled me. Gotcha. Um, the director of Tally Student Union um, or mm-hmm. Campus Enterprises met with me, Tim Hogan, so that was super confusing also because I'm very used yeah. to, like, okay, men make these policies and that's who's going to be shutting us down. And it mm-hmm. was really, at times, women, which was so disheartening. And so, like, there are
0: times where I was in tears about it. Yeah. But, Why do you think that is, I guess, because it kind of, like, because I feel like there's, like, a lot of elements that could go into that. I mean, kind yeah. of, like, that internalized stigma at one point. And then, too, like, I feel like within, like, especially women that have, like, positions of power, they... Within like institutions like they kind of have this idea that like they need to like prove that they like care about like, quote unquote like real issues yeah you
1: know it was I don't know I've thought about it for a long time and I've thought about meeting with a few of them now in hopes that they would meet with mm-hmm. me and kind of ask them you know this was a really confusing thing for me I don't yeah. know why it kind of happened this way I think it's maybe because some of them were my direct supervisors because I was in student government at the time yeah. and so maybe they felt like you know, it stops with me. It ends here. But I don't know. It was really, really odd. Um, I think it just had to do with the, you know, the chain of command and who was in charge of me and who was in charge of them. Um, It happened to be women in those scenarios. And maybe they thought sometimes I feel like they think I was really like radical. Mm -hmm. Um, I was kind of someone I feel like who I think maybe they thought I wasn't going to respond well to no. Um, the first time they told me, like, we needed to change the name of Pack Bleeds Red um, to We Bleed Red, they also told me that the funding was going away and that it was no longer going to happen. And that mm-hmm. was really frustrating because for me, I've envisioned this as a long-term thing. Yeah. This was something that was going to take place at NC State and be here for our students. And I was really upset. Um I started crying and my advisor said, oh, you don't have to be upset. And I said, why wouldn't I be upset Then I did all of this for nothing? And I think they thought like, oh, she's out of control. And I left the room because one, they told me in front of a group of people, which was like super upsetting. Yeah. And then two, they told me not to get upset. And I was like, oh, my gosh, it's it was super. We had put a whole semester of research in, and then we had just started this initiative. And within Mm. two weeks, they were telling us it's being shut down.
0: Um, Especially after hearing all that, like positive feedback from. And all everyone. the different people that like yeah. utilize their program exactly like and I had
1: just had this like I was on a high that day saying like I told another advisor like this has been the best week everyone loves it I can't wait we're going into the libraries we're going into UREC because we were supposed to already be in all three yeah. of those spaces and I was telling her how positive it was how excited I was and she kind of just like nodded and I was like this is kind of a weird response and then that night another advisor came to me and Don't said you. so yeah. we're shutting it down and it didn't ultimately did not get shut down, but it was just a really weird experience. I think, because um, also they told Jackie before mm-hmm. they told me, so Jackie oh, was yeah. the president and I was the VP, um, and it was a r- odd experience. I have thought a lot about trying to reach out and kind of get more details because it still confuses me. But that's just where that's at.
0: <laughs> yeah, and so like prior to I know you said like uh, Jasmine, she was like a grad student like mm-hmm. three years ago. She was like kind of like started the ball rolling on this. Yeah. Prior to that, had there been any attempts? Um, and like what those kind of look like.
1: Yeah. So I know that um, when Meredith Bichelle was the uh, executive assistant to mm-hmm. Paul Nolan and Brad, Brandon Stafford. So that was the year before Jackie and I. So, oh, so 2016. Yeah.
0: 17, I believe. Or 2015.
1: Six, uh, yeah. 2016, 17. Yep. Yes. Um, she, I know, tried to get uh, free menstrual products out of student health—the way that mm-hmm. you can get free condoms—and student health said it wasn't possible and not sustainable. Um, and so I think that's where Jasmine was a little bit of a visionary or <laughs> had more wisdom than the yeah. rest of us, where she said, "Well, we're not going to ask the university; we're just going to do it ourselves with our mm-hmm. money."
0: Um, because the university at that time was just kind of willing to say no. Yeah, I got you. And so you said, like, like you had like talked with other universities. Um, and they like that had kind of had this program where like what kind of model like approach did they take to it? Yeah. Um,
1: so Appalachian State specifically was one of the first people we reached out to because they put it in their um, student newspaper right before we started our research. They um, they had the you know the dispensers in their student union. Yeah. They were of the function where you put a quarter and you get them mm-hmm. out and they actually had their stocked. So if you look around our
0: campus a lot yeah. of them are not stocked. <laughs> no they really aren't. Yeah.
1: Like, is bad. It's really bad. Um, and so what they said is, oh, we just like changed the mechanism so that it was free. You no longer had to put a quarter in. push the button. Yep, I you guess, just push the button. Out. Yeah, that's pretty cool. So that's what they did. Um, but and then we looked at our spaces and we didn't have those dispensers in student yeah. union. So we were like, well, what do we do from here? Um, and that's how I think a lot of schools kind of go about it. One school, um, has it so that your student ID, you like oh, you swipe, swipe your ID. Um, and then that way, like, you can only get one, like, every hour or something, you know, and, which is kind of interesting, and they know that only students are utilizing it, so that's how they kind of made sure that the student activity fee dollars are only going towards students. Um, I don't know, I haven't reached out again to know where they got that technology from. I'm sure someone on NC State's campus could come up with it, but, um, it was that was really interesting. That's to learn really about. yeah. That is
0: really interesting. That's yeah. like really high tech, but then also like gets yeah. around like several of the like key points that you yeah. mentioned.
1: But what's also frustrating is like our Why do you our faculty and staff should be able yeah. to have menstrual care access too. Like they work here, they commit a lot of time to students, they commit a lot of time to NC State. Mm-hmm. We should be able to give them a tampon once a month.
0: Yeah, no, it it kind of gets into this bigger argument of like public institutions in general, especially because like NC State isn't like a private university or anything like that. Kind of. um that like expands further into like you know public schools mm-hmm. in terms of like high schools and middle schools and things like that like it's like access. and then like to like the thing you're talking about like free condoms that's like a huge thing on college yeah. campuses public college campuses that's really big which is really important but i mean if you think about it you don't like have to have sex but yeah. like <laughs> but you're gonna menstruate yeah, every month <laughs> exactly so i mean not like trying to negate like the the like importance per- yeah. of like you know safe, safe sex sense. and like having condoms that like available to students because those are everywhere yeah like student
1: union Mm -hmm. student health your resident halls
0: they're everywhere no they're like in your face like if you you like honestly if you're in college and you're having like unprotected sex because like you claim you can't find a condom like (laughs) what are you doing like where 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 are you yeah where are you (laughs) like what part of campus are you on that you can't find these condoms but um yeah so that kind of gets into like it's like a gets into that like you know larger debate of like when um like you know like they're talking about like different uh things like viagra and like stuff like that that are like specifically to like males and people with like male genitalia mm-hmm. like those like kind of getting under that like sometimes getting under like that tax exempt or like a lower tax bracket mm-hmm. like you don't need those things like right. they're like they're very useful and they're very like necessary not like taking away from their value but like will it like be very detrimental to your like daily life and like your education which is what you're here to do not really nope yeah um those are just like supplemental things (laughs) so how about the menstrual cups because that's like obviously a big shift away and you guys too like another thing that you guys have done because like i think i mean correct me if i'm wrong you guys are more of like your own separate entity now you have a more of like a social media presence and things like that so like how's that been going yeah, semester. really great.
1: Um, So yeah, we didn't have a social media presence before, which I kind of regret because now we're kind of starting from scratch, but mm-hmm. it's really fun to do. Um, I model a lot of other accounts like they're just fun to <laughs> yeah. look at and people have a lot of inspiration out there. Um, I think once we get going into the menstrual cup uh, initiative, it'll be even bigger. But um, yeah, so we wanted to have a social media presence so people could find us and be able to follow along with what's going on, as well as even if they're not kind of accessing a menstrual cup through the initiative they can see other people do it and hear from their experiences and Mm -hmm. be liberated just through that um so yeah we shifted that menstrual cup i'm excited about it i'm
0: really really excited yeah because it starts like because i think i'm one of the people that's like signed up to come get one um october 1st yep it starts on like the beginning of october it's gonna be really cool yeah Um, it is because i think like based on like there's kind of like a survey that you had to fill out to like get Mm -hmm. one like because i mean i feel like like it's like you said in the beginning, like most like people haven't ever used one before. Yeah.
1: We've only had, um so we've had I checked midway through last week, we had about hundred and forty respondents mm-hmm. and only two people had tried a menstrual wow. cup before. And one person was just there to say, Hey, I don't need a menstrual cup, I just want to get involved. Like they just yeah, filled out yeah. the form to reach out. Um, so most people have only used tampons and pads, yeah. and some have used like the thanks period underwear kind of thing. Yeah. About
0: two or three which mm-hmm. I've
1: thought about before but I haven't they're kind of they
0: are another thing they're expensive, expensive yeah. yeah for sure and so I guess like because I feel like some people like especially like if you don't really kind of know like how like a menstrual cup works like mm-hmm. what is sort of because you know you're reusing it and it's this like sustainable way to manage your menstrual cycle but like you know how are you clean because I guess like for people listening if they're like oh well maybe I should try this yeah what is kind of like menstrual cup one one?
1: yeah so it is This medical grade silicone, um, if you haven't seen one, it's kind of about the size of a shot glass Mm -hmm. Um, and it has a stem at the end of it that you can grip. You have to fold it typically to um, put it in the way you would put in a tampon and then it kind of opens up or flowers up inside and there's these little holes around the rim that create a suction inside your vagina or your cervix and it really sticks in there. And I think that's what scares a lot of people the first time. Um, It terrified me the first time because I was like, I can't get it out. It's not leaving me. Um, And so then you have to, um, it is a little bit of a different process because with tampons you have that string that lay externally outside of your body and you can pull it. Mm -hmm. Which I always found really uncomfortable sometimes because like if your tampon is moved in there, it's like, oh, out, that's coming out now. Um, But so you have, you um, then have that stem and you kind of typically have to locate the stem which isn't too hard and so different brands kind of recommend different things but releasing the suction is key or pulling that stem until it, the suction is released but that is a little bit harder I find um, because you have to pull it completely outside of your body for it to release the suction <laughs> yeah. or you can kind of reach a finger further in and press into the cup and that kind of breaks the suction and then gotcha. it comes out a lot easier. So that's kind of the process. Um, in terms of cleaning it again the um, a lot of people, or not a lot of people, but a lot of brands kind of recommend different things. For Diva Cup, they have a specific like Diva Cup wash mm-hmm. um, that is pretty long lasting, like it could last you well over a year. Gotcha. Um, and it is, you know, you empty the cup out, you know, in your shower, your sink, your toilet, um, you rinse it out and then with water, and then you can use that Diva Cup wash to kind of give it a more thorough cleaning. Um, I've read some articles, you know, some people don't like, if you're at a public bathroom, you mm-hmm. don't like leaving the stall and doing it in yeah. the public sink. Some say you can just like empty it, shake it over the toilet, and use clean tissue paper to kind of dab out excess yeah. and put it back in. Um, but also it can last for 12 hours if you mm-hmm. kind of want to wait till you're home. So there's some different options. Um, they primarily just recommend like don't use fragrant. Fragrant soaps um, yeah. because it'll kind of
0: mess with like the pH. Yeah, mess with, the, yeah, mess like with
1: the pH for sure. And then also, like, not work well with that silicone. So, yeah. usually they come with like a little booklet, how to guide, mm-hmm. which is something we'll definitely be providing all of the um, participants. So, there's
0: tips and tricks for sure. That's awesome. And I guess just like kind of Like, what other things do you think that? people should know either if they're period-having people or non-period-having mm-hmm. people that, I guess, you shouldn't, they should know about either this movement on campus, like the larger um, movement like within menstrual uh, accessibility.
1: Yeah, so we're definitely going to try to also be creating spaces where people can talk about it, um, which mm-hmm. I'm excited about because I think people really downplay how much it's stigmatized to have a period or even talk about having a period. Yeah. So the first time I talked about it in the student government suite, mm-hmm. again, an advisor called me into an office and said, you probably shouldn't be talking about medical things in the office. And I was like, what? And like, I was kind of confused. And I was like, yeah, what are you talking about like, I had to think. <laughs> and she was like, you know, your period. And I was like, oh, I'm, I'm pretty comfortable talking about my
0: period. Like I, it's,
1: Public knowledge now. Like, you yeah, know, it's not that. Like at
0: this point, it's not like a secret. Yeah, you know? it's not a
1: secret. And I think that kind of secret aspect has made it really harmful for those of us that do have a period. It makes us feel ashamed that we have a period. It's something, you know, one of our, like, kind of our little is a period is not a weakness. Mm-hmm. Um, but it makes you feel like it when someone tells you, like, oh, don't talk about that or, you know, keep that to yourself. It's very private. But being able to talk about it with people really makes you realize you're not alone in a lot of these experiences other people have gotten a diva cup stuck inside them like i figured that out from being able to talk about it um and so it's really really harmful to not be able to talk about it and for those of us that are menstruating need to be able to talk about it especially with those who aren't menstruating because when we're not talking about it there's a lot of miseducation and misconception so some people who don't menstruate things i've heard of oh you why don't you just hold it in like pee like oh, just wait until you use the bathroom, then, you know, bleed. And it's like, well, if I could, I really would. Um, and some people thought like, oh, it's a one-time thing, and then it's over. Like it just, oh each month you just bleed, and then you're done. As if it's, but for those of you that don't know, it's a continuous thing. for like um, multiple days. Yeah, for multiple days, For you know, for some people, over a week. Um, yeah. So it's definitely, there's some miseducation out there, and then I think that makes those who don't menstruate think that some of us are being dramatic or mm-hmm. why do we have to leave school just because we bled like why don't we just get new shorts or why don't we um, why are we complaining about how expensive tampons are you only need one a month you know like yeah it's really something that is harmful for those of us that are menstruating because we're not able to talk about it we're not able to express why we're frustrated because people don't understand it and just overall, we're really hoping to expand that conversation
0: or remove that stigma around menstruating and having a period. For sure. And what kind of things, um, obviously with the, the menstrual cup initiative, you guys are kind of looking to expand that. Mm-hmm. What other things can we expect from you guys, like either later in the semester, like yeah. the academic year?
1: So definitely, um, like I mentioned, those events. We submitted to be a part of Diversity Education Week. We're mm-hmm. waiting to hear back from that, but it's going to be called The Many Faces of Menstruation. So kind of talking about how your different identities kind of play in or come into play with your um your period specifically being a student um being a person of color being a part of the non-typical or like a lot of people on campus are christian but i know there's some different factors that play in part of different religions msa reached out to me about talking about that um and then as well as being a student who's not necessarily financially stable so Mm -hmm. a lot of our students access the pack pantry and not all of us realize that that's a real issue here on campus So um, that's one event and then we're planning on having some others collaborating with different groups but then definitely in February we're going to be having a documentary so that's going to kind of be something we're doing while we're doing this um, menstrual cup project. We're going to be following some participants and then also looking at the conversation about menstruation on campus and um, making a documentary about the conversation on campus, what it looks like, what it lacks, um, where it's going. And I think it's going to be really, really exciting. We're going to be in Weatherspoon Student Cinema. It's going to be awesome. Um, and then a little further down, we're going to do a big legislative push to kind of put this yeah. on the radar of the NC State Legislator. For sure.
0: Well, thank you for being here. And where can people kind of follow We Bleed Red and stay updated with yeah. what you guys are doing?
1: So we're on Facebook. Um, I want to say it's at NCSU, And then I know on Instagram it's NCSU. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if you have any questions, uh, we can always answer those at contactwebluedred at gmail.com.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Mia. Yeah, thank you for having me. And right now we're going to listen to some more music. You're listening to 88.1 WKNC. Save me from me, baby I'm craving the concrete lately i my throne. 88.1 WKNC. That song you just heard was called Wings by Jamie Isaac. Before that, you heard Keep Moving On by A Place to Bury Strangers. This has been Oak City Move, a weekly program here on WKNC that aims to highlight individuals and organizations that are enacting positive change in their communities. If you missed today's episode or just want to listen to it again, you can hear it again at wknc.org podcasts or by going to SoundCloud and searching WKNC. I hope you guys have a great rest of your week. Um, I hope this was a good start to your Monday. And this next song that I got for you guys, it's called "Top Not Turn Up" by Madam Gandhi. This is eighty-eight point one WKNC. Madam Gandhi. Run, that's the most fun hearing myself think when i go for a run or maybe i'm practicing the drums or maybe i'm writing in this sun. the takeaway point is